This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. Today, Pastor Josh Harama and Ryan Bibb talk a bit more about the Helmet of Salvation as we've been making our way through our SWAT series, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. Here's Pastor Josh and Pastor Ryan with more. Well, good morning and welcome to Radiant Reflections. This is episode 19 of our podcast. This is uh, an offshoot of Radiant Life Church. Uh, I am Josh Harama here once again with Pastor Ryan Bibb. And he's rocking a little V8 energy drink there today. This uh, podcast is unofficially brought to you by Energy. Energy. <laughs> energy. I didn't want to be, you know, super brand specific because maybe people are out there rocking their Red Bulls or their, oh, sure. you know, Angry Brew Coffee from Five Lakes. Yes. No, that's good. I like that idea of it's brought to you by Energy. <laughs> but this is, on a side note, this is a really good one. It's sparkling plus energy. So I like black I really cherries. like the sparkling ones. Mm. Uh, those are those are really good. Uh, the black cherry is probably one of my favorites. Orange pineapple is also really good. And I'm assuming this is a healthy energy drink. Well, it counts, you know, and we've talked about this. It you know it, it counts as uh, a serving of fruits and vegetables. So I rock this every day then. Yeah, I can I can eat that and feel pretty good about myself. Eat it or drink it. Did I say eat it? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Drink it. You should drink. You could drink one of those. <laughs> Don't eat the can, folks. Don't do that. That would be uh, terrible for your digestion. Uh, I'd, I'd literally uh, tear you up. So, hey, episode 19. <laughs> this is based on episode 6 in our series SWAT, Spiritual Warfare, and Tactics, uh, which you can find on the radiantlife.church slash media. Uh, you can either listen to or watch. We have our, all of our messages are on video as well, thanks to uh, covid Right, which uh, kind of jump-started our, our live-streaming game a little bit. Yeah, and live-streaming was the number one request, request we were getting for like the last year and a half. And we're like, we'll get there, we'll get there. And then this ugly thing hit, and it like pushed us there, which is good. So it's, one, mean, it's of the, good one, of the, one of the good things that has yeah. come out of, out of COVID-19. Yep. So in this, uh, in this installment of SWAT... Pastor Ryan talked about the helmet of salvation. Again, in this series, we're digging into the armor of God, talking about what it looks like, uh, practically speaking, to actually put that on, as Paul calls us to do. So we talked about the helmet of salvation. But uh, so, Ryan, we're talking about helmets. And, and there are certain people in my life, certain, they won't be named, but there are certain people in my life who, who give me a little bit of a hard time because you know I'm a I'm a I'm an adult I'm I'm 36 years old, uh, and I I still wear a bike helmet. <laughs> did you uh, did Did you wear a bike helmet as a kid? <laughs> I never ever in my life have I worn a bike helmet. Never ever not even. And as I a kid. am still here at 37 years old with what I think no brain injury, and I fell off my bike so many times. I never one time ever did I ever wear a bike helmet, but I want to know who you think in your life picks on you with helmets. <laughs> I don't. I said I'm not going to name names. It's so it's it's cool. I will it's, say this: there is another coworker of ours wanted to pull a prank on you. I don't know if you would appreciate this helmet prank. It was a helmet prank. We you're were gonna go, going you're to gonna jack with my helmet. <laughs> we were going to go into your garage and take every bike helmet from the Harima household. <laughs> And then ask you guys if you wanted to go on a bike ride with us. The answer would be no. (laughs) 
So um, for those of you that are watching or listening, like I've growing up, I mean, growing up, my parents always wanted me to wear a helmet and I hated it. I thought they, I mean, they, bike helmets when like I was a kid, they looked stupid. They really did. You oh, know, it looked they, like you were they're cool a, nowadays. They make them pretty they cool. They make them kind of sleek and, yeah. and sexy. But uh, so all my kids, they ride the bike. I say, put your helmet on. Put your helmet on. Uh, and I try to model that. So anytime I get on a bike, I'm wearing a helmet. You know um, what I will say? I have tried to influence your wife in that too. <laughs> like if she'll br- drop off one of our kids in the evening and she rides her bike, I just say, Nicole, just take it off one time. Just just unstrap that helmet and ride home back to Josh just to see. So now I do, I do think I think she primarily wears one because I've I've kind of guilted her into it. Like what are, what is the mm, that's example loving. You're, you're setting for the kids? Well, it is. It's, it's loving to my kids because I want my there kids to see it modeled that that we follow the same guidelines that they do. Have you, okay? So a real question: Like, have you ever met anybody with a brain injury? Like, how many people have you interacted with that have had... I interact with you. You're not wrong. So, so I've wiped no, out my I've bike. I've never, like a serious brain injury. No, I've never met anyone with a serious brain injury. So I became much more serious about helmets after working with people that had brain injuries. Sure. Because I was like, holy Moses, this is... Like, I, <laughs> I don't want me or my kids to ever have to yeah. be in, the, in this kind of a spot. And, and we got to say, for listeners, for viewers, we are not picking on you if you wear... I'm not, I'm not picking on bike helmet wearers. And I'm, I just, and I'm I, not picking on you if you don't. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean hey, that's, that's your The Harima family wears them. The Bib family do not wear them. And we still get along. Yes. So we're so not picking fine, on you Whatever way, you do. But. We just like to have fun. Picking on people is our love language. That's right. <laughs> we, have a, we have a saying here. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't even share this. It's a staff saying. It's a staff Only saying. with staff. So we're okay yeah. with. We were okay. We don't. We don't do this outside the staff walls. Yeah, but we, we say we, we judge because we care. That's right. <laughs> yes. It works out works out well. So, Ryan, I mean, and you have a, you have a science background, right? but what is something that you find absolutely fascinating about the human brain? I remember in, in college going to a science lab. Uh, it was a cadaver lab. And uh, I walk into the room, and there are four body bags and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what's going to happen? Like, I don't know if I'm prepared for this. And then the professor started un- unzipping um, the body bags. And they were um, cadavers for medical students at uh, Grand Valley State University that, um, you know, they go through different um, systems of the body. And so each, each cadaver looked differently. But one of the last cadavers was the, um, was the nervous system. And there's the brain, and I've, ne- I've never seen a human brain before. And it was just fascinating just to see all the nerve endings and just the whole nervous system that stems from the brain. And um, <clears throat> really started getting talking to uh, the professors about the brain. But the most fascinating thing about the human mind is this thing called neuropathways. That our thinking, our brain actually creates grooves with our thinking. So the more you think of a thought process and you think this way, your brain develops like a deep groove highway. And so like for me, um, I think this is why I'll always be a Michigan fan. Like I talk about it. I have the (laughs) deepest highway groove of when I talk about the University of Michigan. It's just in there. I have a deep groove in that thinking process. But here's what's interesting. 
you can, in a sense, your thinking can jump out of that neural pathway that you've created and create new neural pathways and line of thinking and behavior, which is incredible that our brain was created that way. Neuroplasticity. To, yeah, to mold and move, and we're not just stuck with, like, this hard rock that it can never do anything. It's just there. That's what it is. But um, I'll tell you what, if you, if, um, if you don't believe in a creator, just study the human body and you'll understand, wow, there is intelligent design behind this. And so just that idea that we can create new neural pathways in our mind and we can actually get out of old stinking thinking and get out of that highway, that deep highway groove that we have put in our mind and create a new one. And I think this is one of the reasons why Paul writes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like we can be transformed. Our mind can shift and change, literally. And I don't know if Paul, Paul probably didn't know that back when he wrote well, I didn't that. Have a real good grasp on But it literally, yeah. like we can, we don't have to get stuck on that one thing. We can literally transform our mind. And allow God to transform it, but also create new thinking grooves, these neural pathways for us. Nice. So, I mean, so connected to that, in this message, you talked about identity, right? And this is something that actually, this has come up a boatload of times, really. I mean, here in messages and series at at Radiant Life, Mm -hmm. why do you feel like identity is such a critical issue to talk about? I think one of the most fundamental things that we as followers of Jesus have to understand is who we are. And maybe I talk about it a lot because I know where the enemy hits me is with shame and guilt when I screw up. So I, at times, I question, not question, that's not the right word, but I begin to carry that shame and guilt and begin to like, almost believe in a lie that I'm this. What the devil wants to remind me. Like, hey, Ryan, you screw up. You're a failure. I'm going to tell you what. One of the biggest things the devil attacks me is when I screw up, the devil will get into my mind or try and say, you can't be a pastor. And sometimes I believe that lie. I have before. And I I say when I'm in a low, maybe, maybe I should get out of ministry altogether. There's got to be someone better than me that doesn't screw up like that. Um, And so I truly believe that we can shut the devil up, if you will, when we truly know who we are in Jesus Christ as followers. And um, I don't know, it's it's been a year and a half, two year journey with this, with especially just with me of understanding our identity. And when you also counsel people and help people understand who they are, man, it's almost like you have lit a fire underneath their feet and they can begin to do things that, wow, I have the power and authority of Jesus Christ living inside of me because of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. And they become a different person. And I wonder if that's just what Jesus meant. Like, hey, go set this world on fire for me. Go bring in and usher my kingdom. But you have to understand who you are, your mind. You have my seal. Go and do. And I just think so many times when we trip up as followers of Jesus, the devil wants to come and say, ha, and, and speak negativity and all these ugly things at us. And, but that's not who we are. We are beautiful in God's sight. and We just, we need to live into that more. So connect the dots for us then. You know, 
we talk about identity and the need to to you know, kind of guard who we are. You know, in this message, you talked about protecting our mind. Yeah. Uh, connect those dots. You know, to say, oh, hey, understanding who we are is important. Now, connect how that relates to protecting our mind, and and just real practically speaking, what does that look like? You know, sure. for, you know for you, I mean, you talked about, hey, like here's. Here's this identity, you know, that you struggle with, you know, the guilt, the shame, the, oh, man, I don't think I'm good enough for this. Like, what does it look like in those situations to protect your mind? Yeah, so it, it's, it's got this idea that when you are living into your identity, like, hey, man, I'm a blessed, I'm adopted, I'm, I'm liberated, I'm a child of God, I'm loved, I'm valuable. When we're living into our identity, we know who we are. So when the devil comes and tries to, which he is, it's the battle of the mind. He tries to deceive us. He goes after our thinking. When he begins to attack us there in that moment, in that spiritual warfare moment, we can go back to remembering who we were. So we can go back to say, hey, uh uh-uh, not today, devil, not today. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm cherished. I'm loved. I'm adopted. I'm set free. I'm not who you want to remind me who I once was. Yeah, I may have been that addict before, but now I'm liberated. And the devil wants to knock you off course. Don't live into the purpose of why God even created you in the first place. So those go hand in hand. One thing that I really learned from Pastor Craig Rochelle like, this is mega church pastor, huge into, just doesn't, they do, they're the ones that created the version Bible app. Like, they're the one, they are, they just, he just does amazing things, him and his team. And one of the things that he does, and we created something back, um, back in October during our Mind Monster series, is we created a thing of renewing your mind. It's a front and back sheet, reminding people who we are in Jesus Christ. And, um, and one of the things I adopted from Pastor Craig Rochelle was reading it every morning. Mm. To wake up every morning and read this thing. So when I go throughout my day, whether I go to work, whether I go to the grocery store, whether I go on my run or just hang out with my family or friends, whatever it is, when the devil and I know, uh-oh, stinky thoughts coming, I know I'm getting attacked right now, I have that foundation to land on. Now, what I... Um, one of my buddies sent me a podcast, and it was fascinating. It was about spiritual warfare, and I listened to it. And it was two pastors, just like what we're doing. It was a podcast, but they just started talking about spiritual warfare. And one of the things that they, they thought, and they, they took a lot of um, history, a lot of theologians, what they talked about, what they believed spiritual warfare. They also talked about using, um, reading C.S. Lewis, screw tape letters, Type thing, and by the way, if you've never read it, we, I know we've kind of. I think we've referenced. We yeah. referenced it before. It is only a three-hour audiobook. Hmm. So if you're not a reader, get it on audiobook, and it's only three hours. Like it's wonderful, but it's just a good reference. But they were sitting there going, um, they decided to play devil's advocate, if you will, and they asked the question: If we were to play devil, how? What would be our tactic to disrupt the Christian? So they were kind of playing off of each other, and they both came to the conclusion, if I can disrupt your first 30 minutes of your morning, when after you are awake, I can screw up your whole day, your first 30 minutes. One of the, one of the guys that's now a pastor, he, he was back in military, and um, he was saying that's when you attack the most. 
was like 30 minutes after sunrise or, or something. I, I'm, I'm getting it a little. But he related it back to the military and why do you do this at a certain time and everything and do this attack here. And then I started thinking, yeah, why not? If I, and the, their quote was, if I can get you not to talk to your master commander in the first 30 minutes of your day, I can get into your head. And I listened to that, and I started waking up every morning. I mean, even before I jump in the shower, because my routine is shower, coffee, my quiet time, I start praying. Like, good morning. Like, before I roll out of bed, I'm starting to pray to God. Like, I want to start the day with you and my salvation and my identity because I know at some point the devil's hunting me today, and I don't want him to win. I got to be reminded of who you are, God, in my life and who I am as a follower of Jesus because you're going to try to get into my head and derail me. No, that's, that's good. Now, you, you referenced the Mind Monster series that we did last October. Real quick, and I don't want this to be too much of a bunny trail, but when, you know, in that Mind Monster series, we talked a lot about mental health. What is, real quick, for, especially for those that weren't part of our church family back in October, like what is the spiritual dimension of mental health? Yeah. So, great question. Very, I think it's very gray. I say, say, I got, <laughs> this is not I a black us, and white I don't want to get us too far down a, a, a rabbit no. trail here. but Here's what I've always said. There can be a spiritual element to mental health. I personally don't believe there's always a spiritual element to mental health. Which, I mean, there are, and there are some people that would be in that camp of saying, well, there hey, is. If, there are, if you have depression, yes. that's, that's demonic, and yeah. that's, you know. And they're great brothers and sisters in Christ that, that believe that way. Um, there are chemical imbalances within the human body and mind that we know can trigger those things, the certain mental illnesses. Um, we, we know that. And uh, the one thing I always tell people, if they were to come into the office or whatever, I'm just talking to them, is I would first and foremost, as a pastor, I always want to cross off the spiritual aspect first. So have that conversation. Be in prayer. I say do that before going to the medical side of things. Please go to the medical side of things. I'm not saying not. Please go to it. But make sure spiritually you know that is nothing there first. Like your prayer life is good. I've, I've gone through, which I'm promoting right now, we are bringing in to Radiant Life a freedom prayer ministry oh, yeah. that I am so excited about for people. And um, just give people a heads up, they, um, this freedom prayer ministry is coming in to train our prayer team and um, some of our staff, and we're going to all go through a freedom prayer session ourselves. But um, that may help people too moving down the road when we launch that and bring it here fully at Radiant Life. I always want to cross off the spiritual aspect to make sure, number one, this is not some sort of demonic oppression or something is happening before we run to the medical. Run to the medical because God has given great doctors wisdom and great people wisdom to create medicines to also help in this. So I, I, I am for, I believe healing can happen through medicine, and I believe healing can happen through the supernatural ability of God in a moment. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, and over the, over the years, the church hasn't always handled uh, mental health well. Uh, but I think it's important for us to remember that neurotransmitters and hormones 
those are as subject to the brokenness that came from sin as uh, me falling and breaking my arm. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. all of those things are a result of of the fall. So, and but we we sometimes neglect that and and maybe hyper spiritualize the the mental health aspect. Maybe because we can't see it. You know, if I if yeah. I bust my arm and it's dangling there, I clearly broke my arm. Yeah. Versus if I have a, a chemical imbalance in my mind. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a stigma of mental illness within the Christian church. And um, I think what you're seeing right now is a great shift of understanding that it's okay um, to have it. And I think, I, I think what we began to see in the Christian church in America is a shift happen when you have mega church pastors and their kids having mental illness and taking their own lives. Mm. And then you well, have them. There, there have been there have been. Pa- I mean, in the last pastors year, there have been a couple of pastors lives. that have taken their lives. I mean, yeah. they had, they wrestled with depression, and you yeah. know, I mean, and so of- I think you're beginning to see us strip back the curtain a little bit and say, "Hold on, why have we put a bad stigma on mental illness? What is going on? And we ought to be talking about it within the church." Yeah, and so I mean, if you're listening right now, I mean, maybe you've you've grown up with or you've been exposed to this idea that, you know, if you're wrestling with thoughts, you know, I mean, Pastor Ryan talked about wrestling with identity. Maybe you struggle with some of these these different uh, mindsets and struggle with di- thinking about different things. And, and, and maybe, I hope this isn't the case, but maybe you've had people that said, oh, well, like if you're, fo- if you're really following Jesus, like you shouldn't be thinking those things or you shouldn't, you shouldn't have those experiences uh, and you maybe you question whether or not, uh, well, am I really am I really saved? You know, right? We're talking about the helmet of salvation, right? I mean, am I really saved if I'm feeling these things, if I'm experiencing these things? Uh, but I think absolutely, you can be a follower of Jesus. And again, that doesn't that doesn't magically make us uh, immune to the effects of living in a sinful, broken world. So you can be a follower of Jesus and have depression. You can be a follower of Jesus and, you know, walk through a variety of these things. Now, it's our, it's our hope and our desire that you would find freedom from it. That's one of our, Absolutely. One of our core pursuits here at Radiant Life is we want people to experience Jesus. We want you to find freedom from the things that hang you up, spiritual, mental, physical, any, any of those things, and uh, that you would then be able to discover your purpose and make a difference. Absolutely. But uh, so, Ryan, in, uh, there's a passage in 2 Corinthians which I think you used the passage in 2 Corinthians. Uh, I want to go to a different passage in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that, self, that, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Practically speaking, I mean, this is something I remember growing up, right? so as a teenager, Right, as like a as a hormonal teenage boy, right? This verse was usually brought to bear uh, when it came to lust, right? Like, oh man, hey, you got to be careful. You're scoping out the chicks. Like, you got to be you know, be careful of the thought life. And I'm not saying that that isn't important. You know, if you're listening, I mean, that's that's clearly something that Scripture uh, gives us guidance on. And I always heard it in that context. But practically speaking, what does it mean to take our thoughts? captive to the obedience of Christ and then how do we how do we actually do that sure um, <clears throat> so I like to use the analogy of a birdcage because a birdcage 
Seems like a prison cell to me for a bird. Yeah. Right? Like, it it, it kind of even looks like a, I mean, it's got the bars and everything, right? And I'm talking about the ones that, like, are kind of rounded at the top and they oh, go yeah. down and you got one goldfinch in there in the home or something. It looks like a prison cell for a bird. So, the way I, I uh, this is how my mind works with, with what Paul's writing here, is that thought comes into mind and you're wrestling with that thought. Grab that thought, open up that birdcage, put it in, shut the birdcage. Okay, now I have it captive. It's to take prisoner. So I have my thought captive. Now what do I do? It's to take it and make it obedient to Christ. So now I give this thought to say, God, this is yours. What am I to do? Is there truth or is this a lie? And that's where you begin to wrestle. That's what it looks like. So uh, someone says, man, you screw up all the time. That can hurt someone. Is that true or is that an absolute lie? And now you're wrestling with that thought. You grab that thought, you put it in the little birdcage, lock the door. God, my thought's captive. It's to take prisoner. God, I screw up all the time. It's yours. Reveal truth. Is this true? Is there not truth? Is there a hint of truth in this thing? Like maybe you screw up 50% of the time. But the problem is the devil got into your head and said, you're a screw up all the time. You screw up all the time. And that's the idea of surrendering it. It's surrendering your thoughts to Christ and asking, is it true? Is it a lie? Or what can you teach me about this thing? About, uh, well, this thought about me. Is, is there, speak to me, Lord. Mm. And that's this idea that Paul's getting at is, I don't know why I think of the birdcage, but I just like. That. I mean, I mean, which is an interesting picture. I mean, I've never, I've never thought about it in those terms. So, so that's maybe that was. Super you know why? I, you know why I think I, I'm going back to October and Mind Monsters because I think I, I use that that scripture, mm. and um, I think I wanted a birdcage as a prop, but I don't know where I would get a birdcage because I don't. I don't know. Any, I don't know anybody that. Has I don't a bird. know many bird owners. But yeah, I think that's why. So that's just uh, from that moment. I'll be honest. From that, that's what, I, what that's what I think. And when I get attacked mentally, because that's that's the, the mind is a battle battleground. That's that's what I have to do. It's not always easy to do it either. It's not always easy. No. So, but so I want to I want to pursue that a little bit more though too. How do we how do we develop that reflex? You know, I mean, some of us, you know, I mean, to do this, to, to take these thoughts captive and walk through this process that you're talking about, put it in the birdcage, say, hey, Lord, is this true? Is this, I mean, I mean, that's a conscious yeah. process yep. that we have to, to engage in. Yeah. How do we develop the reflex to where, hey, I get hit with the thought, boom, yep. I'm going to, wait a minute, you know, like what, what triggers that? Yeah. So two things. Number one, practice makes perfect. You have to begin to put it into practice. All the time. You got to start somewhere, right? Um, ever, Michael Jordan did not become Michael Jordan because he never practiced. You have to practice this discipline. But in order to practice, here's the second thing. You have to slow down to do it. The problem is we don't slow down. We just go. We go throughout the day. And the problem is we've got that negative thought that has followed us the entire day. And we've done nothing with that thing. It's just rattled us to the core all day, but we never slow down enough 
to practice this discipline of, okay, I'm grabbing that thought, putting it in the birdcage. God, I'm revealing, uh, it's yours. Speak truth about it or remind me it's the lie, whatever that is. But we don't slow down enough. Hmm. We are go, 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 go. And the problem is we never slow down enough to deal with that thought that we just, what happens? We just go to bed. The next morning happens and we go again. And not realizing that thought has still followed us through the next day. And now we're, and you know, not necessarily that memory works exactly the same as some of the other things. But and now we're we're digging those grooves deeper, maybe yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> maybe we've got yep. some brain surgeon out there who can give us the <laughs> the the. And just the, think of the ripple effect. Now, I never dealt with that thought all throughout the day. I go to bed. I wake up the next day. I still have it. It's there, following me. Never slow down to surrender it to God. And it's probably affecting you, which now is affecting your family, which now is affecting the way you parent, which is now affecting the way you deal with your coworkers. It's now affecting the way you deal with that person in line at Meyer or Walmart or Five Lakes or McDonald's or Culver's, whatever. It has a ripple effect. And I'm, I've got a series. I think I know the next summer series that we're doing. Um, I truly believe there's a, there's, there's disciplines that move us from believers to true disciples and followers of Jesus. We're not called just to believe. We're called to follow Jesus and do what he did here on planet Earth. And I think there are certain spiritual disciplines that you see a difference from those just who believe. They're saved. They're still going to heaven. But when you look at them, you may say, man, they are, they're just like... Dude, there's so much more for you. So there's certain things that they, to a person where you're like, holy cow, they're living into John Wesley's quote, uh, quote set me on fire and may, let the world watch me burn. Mm-hmm. They are just passionate. You, you look at them and you're like, oh my gosh, I see Jesus dripping off of you. There are certain dis- spiritual disciplines that person has put into play in their life. And I think one of those differences there that, going back to taking every day our thoughts captive in our mind, is slowing down. There's a reason why even Jesus says he takes time to get away with, to be with the Father. Right? Even Jesus, after doing miracles, performing all those great teachings and miracles, had to get away. Had to get away. And we don't do that enough. Oh, that's good. So, in kind of to wrap this up, right, we talked about, you know, the helmet of salvation, the helmet, it, it functions to protect our mind, but then you have the salvation piece. And in this message, you made the statement that salvation is not just a past event, it's a present reality. Unpack that for us briefly, because I think most of us think of salvation, and we think, oh, well, it was that one time I got saved at camp or at church, or I went to this revival service and you know, I went forward and I, you know, they prayed over me. And, you know, we think of salvation as, as this one-time event. Yep. So unpack that for us a little bit. How is that a, how is that a present reality? Not meaning, you know, and maybe as a teenager, I remember I probably got saved 80 times, right? You know? Like, hey, I just want to make sure, I want to make sure I'm good. Every the pastor, time the pastor gave yeah. an invitation, you have me. I'm like, there. I want to I be saved. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't mean yeah. like that, right? It's not no. that we have to constantly be no. saved. No. Right? What is, so, what no. does that mean? That it's a the idea is a. Pre- <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm going to take a swig of this energy drink really Can't quick. Do it. <laughs> uh, 
Again, this is brought to you unofficially by Energy. (laughs) This is really good, by the way. Black cherry. I like anything that's black cherry. It's very good. Um, I'm also delaying what to say. I know. I'm 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 trying to come up with some way to stall here. Well, the question you asked me, like, I was getting fired up. I'm like, I'm going to start preaching again like I did on Sunday morning. Like, here it comes. Hey, that's all right. um, Which I I need to reference my message on Sunday really quick that (laughs) the, the team started, the worship team, and I was telling you this afterwards, the worship team started as I was getting more passionate, which my passion can come across yelling, but it, I think people get that. <laughs> the worship team's like getting into it too, and they're getting louder behind they're, me. They're backing you up, man. They, they, so, they roll Yeah, that, so as, they as they're vibe. getting louder behind me, I feel like I have to get louder, so I'm starting to like <laughs> scream louder. And I don't know if I yelling don't at have people. to do that or not, but then they're getting louder because I'm getting louder, so I feel like I got to scream more, and I got done, I'm like... My throat is killing me right now, <laughs> but it was awesome. Um, but yeah, they, we, can, we, they can they can fix that in post. <laughs> yeah, we, well, the problem is we we just think of salvation as you're right. It's that one event that I said my prayer and I'm good. The issue is salvation is also our identity. Salvation, as I said in the message, is uh, the basic, most simple term of salvation is you're saved, you're liberated, you're free. The issue is the devil wants us to keep us in bondage. And you're always free. you got to remember you're walking in victory. And that's what I mean it's a present reality is constant remind yourself every morning you're a victor. Victor. Hail to the victors. That's there's a Michigan fight song. There's a Michigan fight song, fight song <laughs> in there somewhere. <laughs> as, like, J- as JB, uh, a diehard Notre Dame fan, uh, shakes his is, head in the background. Um, Does Notre Dame have a fight song? Be a song? champion today. Or what's the Notre Dame little slappy hand thing? Be a champion today? Something along those lines. But, like, no so idea. Notre Dame's got something just not as cool. We, we walk in victory. <laughs> <laughs> we walk in victory. That's salvation. It's a present reality that I'm saved, I'm free, I'm liberated from the bondage of sin. And so it's not that one time that I prayed. That was a one-time event. Don't get me wrong. That was a very important event when you surrendered your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit filled you. That is such a powerful event. But don't just sit and plant your flag there and say, oh, then I'm done. No, walk in victory. Walk in your salvation now that you are saved, you are redeemed, you are entered into God's family. Walk in that. That, that is your new identity. And I think so many times we forget that. And we just go back, well, I said that prayer back when I was five. Like, I was saved when I was five years old. And then I was like you. I was a teenager. I got saved 800 times. All right? Like, you know why I got saved 800 times? Here's, here's the real reason. Because you lost your salvation no. 799 <laughs> times. Well, maybe. No, I was actually a good kid. Um, here's why. It's just dawned on me. This is like a Kairos moment, Holy Spirit. Um, because I carry shame and guilt when I screw up. So I don't think I'm worthy. So I feel like I have to, God, if I feel unworthy, then you must view me that way too. I need you again. So I get saved again and again. And it's wrong thinking, it's wrong theology. Which actually kind of ties into, uh, so Pastor JB and I talked in episode 16, based on the, the previous episode in the SWAT series, about basically how we so easily turn uh, salvation into a works-based thing. I mean, and that would connect with, you know, with what you're saying. Yeah. It's all, hey, well, no, now I have to, in a sense, reprove myself to God. I have yes. to, I have to, to re 
return to God because, yeah. you know, I've, I've done something that has rendered me unworthy. Yep. When we're always unworthy, it's, it's always going to be about... We are always unworthy, but... We, but we, Jesus is worthy. Yeah. Yes, and remember, when God sees you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see the shame, the guilt, the stuff that we see and we carry. We wear the breastplate of righteousness. So, I, I mean, I love all the armor, armor pieces of God. I think, for me personally, the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, I think they're Those two of our biggest identity pieces, and that's what I wrestle, and I know the enemy hits me there, and I want people to walk in that. Those are two of my favorite pieces. Like, don't, I mean, I love all the pieces. They're all cool in their own way, but just... We got to walk in salvation every day. You're saved, you're free, you're liberated. Let's walk in that. Be reminded every morning, I'm a victor. Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, that wraps up episode 19 of Radiant Reflections. Thank you for joining us for another episode. This is, uh, again, this is just a blast <laughs> getting here and, and chatting about this stuff. That's fun. And, uh, fun, fun. Yeah, hey, uh, as you listen to this, and if this is a blessing to you, would, would encourage you to like, share, subscribe rate, review, all those good things. If this is something that you find beneficial, actually, when you when you give us uh, like a, a good rating, it actually becomes more visible to other people. So that uh, just helps us uh, expose more people to what God is doing and what God can do in the lives of other people. So thank you for joining us. I want to encourage you to go out there and be radiant. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.